Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Belly of the Beast. I am Brandon Lou, Brandon Lou. And I am the mighty Alicia. And we are here romping and stomping In our the way new year. Through the culinary scene. And yes, it is a brand new year. Brand new year. Happy new year. Happy new year, Alicia. Happy new year. Oh, man. I am exhausted. Not excited? Oh, my God. I'm trying to keep the excitement level up, uh, which shouldn't be hard to do because I very much enjoy doing this. But we just got back from a Boston trip. Yes, we did. The beasts were in Boston. We we have ventured out of our comfort zone. We have ventured out of the city. Uh, And... You know, we, we, we sampled some of the delights of Boston. Out of the belly and into the beast. Yeah. Although I like to think we're the beasts, uh, or New York is the beast. But it was nice to get a taste uh, uh, to stomp into the footprints of another beast, the beast of Boston. And um, we had a good time. You had a good time? I definitely had a good time. Uh, this was like the, the longest time. This was like our little... Our little romantic getaway, almost our uh, longest. We've been out of New York together. And Agree. A nice five days in the yeah. lovely Boston. Yeah, and we, we. And it was lovely. Yeah, it was very relaxing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing is like straight in Boston. No, no, none of the hustle and bustle of New York, and all of the streets. Uh, they're they're not on the the. That's grid. what I meant when I yeah. said. <laughs> Okay. But it was a nice time outside of New York, very relaxing, uh, outside of the hustle and bustle of what we're used to. Uh, the streets are different. The people are different. You know, it looks very the similar. The vibe still. is different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still very much, a, you know, the, the, the metro town that we, we see in New York. You know, they have a theater district. You know, it's not a our much smaller and less impressive <laughs> theater district. It's not our theater district, but, you know, they have one. They've got a Chinatown. I very much like their Chinatown. Smelled nice, looked nice. That was probably the most crowded area we walked through. Yes, which was surprising. Um, Uh, I really enjoyed that about Boston. It was still a city, but it was so much less crowded than New York. It felt like a little town. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we had some expectations. Some hit, some missed, some exceeded. Uh, yes. But all in all, just interesting being able to explore the town. Uh, before we yes. jump into that, we did say Happy New Year. It is a new year. Uh, I mean, we're still on our first year, but it's still a new year for Belly of the Bees. It's a new year for all of us. Yes. And uh, so I, I'm not someone who necessarily does New Year resolutions, but... I think it's fun since, you know, we're working on this project together. You know, we, we do have goals and we we're talking about our goals uh, for the year and what we'd like to do for you, the listeners. Yeah, we have some um, some goals for Belly of the Beast. So uh, somewhat comically, I uh, rolled over in the middle of the night and asked a pressing and complex question about our podcast to my partner. Which caused us to have an hour-long conversation in the middle of the night. I'm sorry for doing this. (laughs) But um, during that uh, suspiciously long, dark conversation in the night, we decided that we wanted to, one, be more consistent with our episodes. Like, this is something that I suffered with with my other podcasts, so I especially want to keep an eye on it, the consistency. Um... So we decided, because so far with Belly of the Beast, um, the behind the scenes look is that we haven't been doing an overabundance of planning. We've sort of been sailing out and figuring out where we want to go kind of on the fly and ordering whatever we want and just taking it as this fun thing that we're doing. And I want it to stay fun. But when we do it like that, when there's so little planning involved, it when things come up in our lives, which they do, we get tripped up and then mm-hmm. the content is spotty for you guys. And so we decided that we wanted to do a lot more planning 
insofar as like an editorial calendar is concerned. We wanted to block out like what major holidays are coming up. So we've decided that the show itself is going to be airing at least twice a month. On like, like we normally do. Right. So we're thinking of changing our drop dates so that they fall on the 15th and 30th of each month or as close to those dates as possible. This year is a leap year. February is going to end on the 29th. We will drop an episode on the 29th. Um, Yeah. So we definitely want to drop on those days. We were also considering bonus episodes for the listeners for those months that are a little longer than the others in 2020. 2020 is a funky year. Um, everybody who gets paid bi-weekly has something like two extra weeks. This year is a thick one. <laughs> yeah, so um, during those months or when things are specifically trending or when something's happening that's cool, you can still be rest assured that your bellies will catch it. And during times like that, we will give you a nice bonus episode. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into what I've got planned, what we've got planned. Here's something that I do want to promise. And, and, and I'm, once again, I'm not someone who does New Year resolutions, but something I do want to absolutely do. We will definitely get out of Manhattan and Queens this yes, year. Yes, we can discuss <laughs> we, that. We're very we guilty will. of sticking to our boroughs. Uh, we, we will absolutely venture into Brooklyn and the Bronx. I'm, as someone who works in the Bronx and has uh, spent a couple of years living in the Bronx, I know that there are some good places to eat in the Bronx. And right. Bronx, I know you feel ignored. And I don't want you to feel like um, I know that there's a lot of new things happening in the South Bronx, a lot of gentrification, people calling staircases, joking staircases. I get it. Uh, this has nothing to do with that. I have roots in the Bronx, so we will definitely see you there. I don't want you to feel like we go in there because maybe it's getting like trendy now, nothing like that. No, I just, I like y'all. So I'm going to pay attention to y'all. Same to Brooklyn. Like, I definitely work in Brooklyn. Like, I, it's not that I don't eat in Brooklyn. It's that uh, I work in Brooklyn. And if you're a New Yorker, it's just like, I don't wish to travel to my better of work when I'm not working. <laughs> oh. I think when... I think about when we started and how this adventure we're currently on was rolling. Our life was dramatically different. Our summer was a little more free. Yeah. Um, and, and we're more free to explore wherever we wanted to go and whatever we wanted to do at the beginning. Now it seems like our schedule's a little busier. Yep, and, and so, so I think we need a greater degree of organization also. Yeah, and but that's also part of the reason why, uh, whether it be our schedule's been fluctuating over the last two or three months, or um, part of the reason why we keep going to the areas that are closest to us and convenient is because we've been very busy and we're two people just trying to do the best we can. But that is not an excuse. We're not, we're leaving excuses in 2019. Our best can be better. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020 uh, will definitely be a year of greater organization and more venturing out in food. That's the whole point of this thing. Too. Right. And we might even adventure a little bit more in what mediums we're choosing to present to you guys in because... Um, we know video content is popular. We're not idiots. So, like, yes, our podcast is fire, but, like, there's definitely more we could be doing. So keep your eyes peeled for content of that nature, for announcements of that nature. If we start coming up with video content, we're going to announce it here first. Um, jumping back into Boston. Yeah. Which was really fun. Yeah, we're going to jump right into that now. Yeah, yeah. and really exciting. Um it's really funny because the place that stood out to me the most as memorable and really I felt was the star of the trip we went to on the first night. We landed in Boston and it was actually it, the restaurant. It was attached to the hotel that we were staying at. And normally when I find restaurants that are like attached to hotels that we're staying, that it, it, it's not, it's like a hit or miss right. with these restaurants. Sometimes they're really good. And sometimes it's just like, you are relying on the reputation of this hotel to keep your house afloat. And I can mm -hmm. tell. There's, I, I definitely have negative uh, experiences and it's, it's slowly starting to change. 
Um, but my original perception of restaurants that are attached Buka to hotels. Uh, oh, God. I wasn't even thinking about Buka Buka de Bebo. But um, because that's like a resort and... and I wasn't even thinking about that, but oh, we're, I'll, I'll mention them, Buca de Beppo. But like, so I live in the Lower East Side, and there's a Holiday Inn on Delancey Street, and connected to the Holiday Inn is a spot called Retro Burger, and I walked in and walked right back out. Oh there's goodness. nobody eating there. Uh, nobody wants to eat there, to my knowledge. No one is really checking Holiday Inn's restaurant. It's not much of a menu. It doesn't look like anybody cares. And so that's my perception of them generally. Uh, there's a hotel we both like. Like that called... song, Getting Into Something at the Holiday Inn. We don't know if it's good. <laughs> there's, a rest, uh, there's a hotel that we like, Hotel uh, Rivington, which is on Rivington Street in Lower Manhattan. We love you, Hotel Rivington. But they also have a restaurant that's attached to them. Uh, I went there for a breakfast with my sisters and my father, and that was relatively unimpressive as well. So we mentioned Buca di Beppo, which is an Italian chain restaurant that was attached to, I forget what hotel we were in, but it was, it was one of these Atlantic City on the boardwalk uh, resort hotels. Was um, it the Marriott? Was it? No, it, it was, was it Harrah's? No, we were definitely not out of Harris. Um, it might have been Bally's. It might have been Bally's. Let's let let's let's stick with that. That doesn't matter. The point is, the hotels. Uh, uh, normally, when I think about the restaurants that are attached to them, I don't think that highly of them. Um, and that's not necessarily true in Manhattan, because there'll be some really pricey hotels or just luxury hotels by Central Park that really does have restaurants attached to them that are actually bringing volumes of people like they large have quantities to. of people <clears throat> the um, the latin space you like was it uh calle ocho yes. that's actually in a hotel so that's an example of something that's amazing the but um, I still... palm court was in a hotel the plaza hotel exactly so there's good examples but my experience mostly has been negative and i know that i've been ranting but the point is, we were very surprised, positively, with the restaurant that was attached to our hotel, and that was Doña Havana. Yes, like, I really enjoyed Doña Havana. It was a Cuban restaurant. Um, I think we have a weakness for Cuban food. I have a weakness for Latin food in general. And that's another reason why we decided to get planning this year, so that we could uh, spread our interests <laughs> out. A little it's bit true. more left to our own devices. Uh, I do my best to at least when I'm repeating to another place that hasn't been, you, you know, it maybe not going to the same place, but having the same else. having the same type of food. I at least try to order something else, so I'm not just eating beef stew over and over again. Yeah, agree. Um, so Doña Havana was this really wonderfully colorful spot what was most memorable about it decor wise was that they had this picture of this like car and like it was like a 3d picture the whole first fifth of the car was like jutting out of the picture yeah it was into the restaurant it was wonderful it was like half picture half sculpture yes was, and whenever someone had a birthday there were about three birthdays while we were there <clears throat> uh the hazard lights on the truck would flash to the beat of the song that they were singing. And it was just so festive and fun. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And um, so the restaurant was like, there was also this really beautiful picture of this um, black boy on a stairwell that I definitely snapped a picture of. You can check our Instagram for photos of that. Uh, so... I was excited. I didn't necessarily know that we would be talking about Doña Havana on Belly of the Beast. I am glad with what I ordered at Doña Havana because I ordered something that I'd never ordered before. And it worked out really well because we are talking about it on Belly of the Beast. I ordered myself the fufu relleno de camarones with pork belly. And 
I was fooled by the dish because initially I thought that they would give me the pork belly instead of the camarones. Camarones is shrimp. I thought they would give me the pork belly instead, but I actually got both, and it was a sweet surprise because I was talking to Louis over dinner, and I was like, damn, I don't want to choose between the pork belly and the shrimp. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I secretly want both, like, but that's too much to hope for. They wouldn't give you both <laughs> meats. Like, why would they? Why would they do that? That's that's a lot of meat. <sighs> and then I got my plate, and it was a lot of meat, and I was quite pleased with it. Um, the fufu relleno is mashed plantains. So I think fufu just means mashed because there was also fufu de yuca. Yeah, I was the one that got fufu yuca. Yeah, okay. And it was mashed yuca, just like mashed potatoes. So um, I got mashed plantains. It was funny because the the waiter, when he was The waiter about, was rushy. I didn't feel rushed. But but towards the end of see we arrived late and when it got time to around maybe getting dessert or something the kitchen was already closing down we'll get to that though I'm not gonna jump to dessert now but what was funny to me was when we were discussing what we would get for sides and he was telling me about my fufu <laughs> yeah um Alicia had mentioned that maybe I should get something else other than the fufu, a different side, or maybe she should have got something different if we're both getting fufu. He's like, no, your fufu is different from his fufu. And yes, and it just sounded silly <laughs> when he said fufu so close together. Your fufu is different than his fufu. I was just like, oh, fufu. It sounds like something you would give a baby. like, And because it's like mash, like I just resent going to a restaurant and ordering something called fufu, man. Like I enjoyed my fufu. I enjoyed my fufu. Like it was good, but I yelling fufu at me. Yeah, (laughs) I felt a little silly saying fufu. We've said fufu a lot of times, even now. You're gonna listen to it and be like, "Why they keep saying fufu?" I'm rather enjoying it. I'm finding great. It's a little fun. Fufu, fufu, fufu. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Go fufu yourself. Stop that. Don't don't be a fufu. I like that. (laughs) Little fufu. Anyway, so um, I enjoyed mine. It was very good. The camarones was covered in, like, this red sauce. I don't know what all was involved in the red sauce, but it was quite delicious. It enhanced the flavor of the mashed plant underneath. Um, it was a hearty dish. I fully enjoyed it. It even reheated well the next day. You guys know that I'm the little belly part of this podcast, and so I frequently have to reheat things. It reheated well the next day. The shrimps were big and juicy and fresh. I noticed that they did properly devein the shrimp, so I wasn't worried or grossed out about eating them. Um, it felt good. It felt good, bro. Yeah. How did you enjoy your meal? Oh, my meal, my meal was great. Uh, it was exciting. Shout out to the spot in general because you had talked about the atmosphere of the environment and... Um, it was very Instagram friendly, you know, just, just looking around. But also, I feel like the manager, the owner, whoever is controlled creatively of the restaurant very much knows that Instagram culture is in for food. Yes. Because their menu appeared a little different to me than others, and I've seen my share of odd menus. What I thought was interesting was... Aside from their normal entree platter, their entree menu, they had this other portion of the entrees. It was still entrees, but I think it was their more Instagram-friendly options were, like, highlighted on the front. Oh, yeah. They had a popular item section, and that whole page just looked like you could just take a photo of it. Like, it was very decorative. Yeah. At first, Louis didn't even realize you could order meals from that page because it was so pretty. Yeah, I, I I was looking for because it'd only be like maybe six six options on that part of the menu, and then there was a, a, a list of you know a, a more menu looking menu, <laughs> a more yeah. So this is not exactly how it was structured, but like imagine the separate section in a menu where they have like the house specials. That whole page looked like. Somebody had done it over special in Canva. Yeah. And then the rest of the menu just looked like a menu. 
So off of that special menu, I've got the langosta and salsa fe café, or the lobster and coffee sauce. And I got it for two reasons. Well, three reasons. One, it's damnably impressive to look at. All right, well, that wasn't going to be reason number one. That was my number one reason for playing. Well, I'm the one that ordered it. (laughs) One, I just really like lobster. Like, I'm a fiend for lobster. I can't get enough of it. It's a problem. I might need to seek counseling. Reason number one, I like lobster. Reason number two, it was impressive to look at. Seriously, they light it on fire. Yo. Uh, They light it on fire. We have a video. It wasn't a burning inferno, but, uh, 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 you know, I, th- I think it was a sexy fire. It, it was a sexy little fire on my lobster. And also it reminded me like I like I feel weird saying that I really like, you know, fire <laughs> on my food. Just like little impressive things. I want to be entertained. No, wow me. I want to be entertained, too. Uh, so uh, I used to go to this bar called Winnie's and they had a shot called the Cookie Monster that I really liked and one of the things that they did with the Cookie Monster is they would light it on fire and you had to take the shot while it was on fire by sipping through the straw and I loved it and I think that sticks out with me now so anytime you can light something on fire and I have to eat it or drink it I'm like yeah (laughs) Um, so so yes uh, the visual uh, aesthetic of it being lit on fire was reason number two. Reason number three is because coffee sauce? Yeah. <laughs> um, the coffee sauce ended up not being that big a deal, though. Um, the, the, the lobster was good because, of course, it was. Uh, it's buttery, rich, delicious, mm-hmm. as lobster is. Um, but I will say, not, and this is a good thing, I, I really didn't notice the coffee sauce too much. It was there, and it, I guess, added a little bit of bitterness. And I'm not someone who necessarily wants my food to be bitter, but I will say that it added a little something. Not a great something, and that's a good thing, because I don't want an overwhelming sensation to overtake something that I already enjoy on its own. Like, you don't need to serve me much with my lobster for me to enjoy it. I found the flavor to be subtle and well done. Yeah. And and that's all I want. Because like I said, you don't need much for lobster to be delicious. Just put some butter over that thing. Right. But but it was nice having a little something extra. Uh, I believe there was some onions and like mushrooms and, and stuff like that I could pick at also uh, and then of course my fufu you know my fufu was great it was a nice addition uh, to my lobster and what sort of fufu did you get mine was the yuca I believe the fufu the yuca I think what's really cool and, and part of the reason why I like going to Latin restaurants aside from the fact that I'm Puerto Rican is you can take something that maybe you eat elsewhere and it becomes a different game when you have it in a restaurant of a different culture. Um, yeah. So I think when you imagine getting lobster, like you think seafood restaurant, but you may not necessarily think Latin restaurant unless you are Latino, then of course you do. But like, I'm not someone who thinks about what am I going to eat with my lobster? I don't think yuca. You know, that's not something that True. comes to mind. So having the yuca paired with it was actually really cool for me. Um, it was really good. It was it, it, as much as similar as it could be with uh, um, with mashed potatoes. It's still not mashed potatoes. So it was nice to have something different and taste just a little different. Felt good. I was very Agreed. happy with my meal. I personally am a fan of yuca. Like, I could get rid of regular potatoes and just do yuca and plantains like I, I like the way it tastes but mm-hmm. so I thought that his mashed yuca was cool for dessert we got the tres leches I found the tres leches to be good it was soaked in milk though and I found that a shade wet see and that's the thing that is what tres leches is um, tres leches is it, it's it's weird uh, as someone who's Puerto Rican myself I'm not always the biggest fan of Latin desserts um, not because I don't think they're good, but I think they can be a little too rich. 
Um, I love or, that about Latino desserts. Uh, and, and you know that's great. I'm not knocking anyone who, who, like, who does. Like, hey, I like knowing that the food of my culture is popping. <laughs> so I'm I not hear that. You know, so I'm not. I'm not shading that. Um, but flan uh, as uh, a custardy thing. You know, I like flan. It's not something I indulge in very much. That's also something that's kind of wet. Um, if that's, it's made right. That's true, um, I guess. But it's more of a cheesecake consistency. I don't consider that wet. No, but tres leches is super moist. It's, you know, it's not a, it's not a custard. It's not jello. It's not a pudding. It's a cake. But it's super moist. Very wet. Often drippy. And I like the taste of it. But sometimes it could be a bit much. It, it can. <laughs> the tres leches that I'm used to. Like, I know it's a cake that sits in liquid, but the liquid that I'm used to getting with the Nesleches is more of a custard and less of a just straight up, I put this in milk. So I was expecting a wetness, but a different texture and quality to the wetness is what I was actually expecting. It was still delicious. So mm. not get me wrong, but it was just wetter than I, differently than <laughs> I expected. I think also you didn't eat the whole thing at once. You were full by the time dessert came. So you, yes. we, we had held on to the tres leches and we had it. We had a mini fridge in our hotel. So shout out to the Hilton for that. But because um, I don't always sometimes what I got to do is like where the mini bar is just scoot all their alcohol out so I can make room for the food that I have. Yes. But then the hotel also had a microwave so we could just like reheat the food, too, which is another thing I'm not used to. Hotel. Shout out to the Hilton. Like forget if you got gyms or, or, or pools in your do you establishment. Or don't you have a microwave? That Work. helps me save money. <laughs> like, do you have that? Because Jesus, I have things I wish to warm up. Um. Yeah, but I think because we had the dress ledge has saved and it was in the fridge and it was in the container and it was just like condensation. It absorbed milk more milk than itself. maybe it should have. <laughs> like just milk pouring itself on itself over the weekend. It was uh, it, it was uh, amusing to think about. Delicious to taste, but uh, quite a uh, a moist treat. Sorry for anyone who doesn't like the word moist. I know that sort of people yeah this exist. whole conversation has just been a danger <laughs> minefield of double entendres yeah. that I've not been uh mentioning really I I, I didn't Dude, pick like up to any three minutes ago you said like oh like it's really moist and it wet moist. and I, I just like it like that and I'm just like okay <laughs> hey man look if you all right if you heard entendre that's on you uh, <laughs> it, you know, that's that's just the way Trish Lynch is supposed to be. So anyway, whatever. Go ahead. Moving, moving on. Moving right along. Uh-huh. So um, that was only the first of the restaurants that we hit in Boston. We also hit a couple of other places during our explorations. We stumbled into a coffee shop called Oakleaf. And we it was it's called Oakleaf Cake and Oak- Bake Shop. Yes, the oak leaf cake. I think that's like where the emphasis. I'm not sure exactly when I read it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's yeah, oak, it it's oak leaf. Name. It's oak leaf cake bake shop. As oak leaf it, cakes bake shop. Yeah, you go. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like cakes plural. Like that's specific. But you know what? They can be as specific as they want with their name because gosh darn it, the stuff in there is tasty. Yeah. I enjoyed going in there. I wish we were back in Boston now because I want to go back. And try some of their cakes. Like, we had the pleasure. I was also surprised. We stopped in and got a cinnamon bun with... Sticky um, bun. A sticky bun with um, pecan topping. Yeah. And we each got the spiced apple cider. Yes. And both of those things were surprisingly excellent. Like, it was a spiced apple cider. Like, it, it felt like... Some of the flavors in there definitely pricked at my tongue. Like, there was some some winter spice heat to it. Like, mm-hmm. it was a really good, well-spiced cider. The sticky bun was delicious and well-crafted. I wish they'd warmed it up, but I guess you can't have everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have asked. but we, nah, we ate it too fast. Yeah, we it was good. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's some things. Let me be specific. There's some foods that just hit better in the wintertime. 
And I know regionally, different places have their foods. Not to say that sticky bun is like a Boston staple. I don't know Boston that well to say that. But I know that in areas of the United States, especially where it gets cold, and the weather's not that wasn't that bad, but you know, it was winter time. And you want things that just kind of stick to your body, stick to your bones, give you nice warm feelings of being full and, and comfortable. Sticky bun is the move, man. <laughs> For real. I didn't even Looking know. Looking at you, sweet chick. Mm. I didn't even know that's what I wanted. I walked in there ready to be, I want to say ready to be unimpressed, but sometimes I guess one of the hazards of living in New York and venturing outward is you're so used to seeing so many eye-popping things and to its credit Oak Leaf Cakes had a bunch of very pretty displays but when I was looking at what was available to eat right then and there there was nothing that I was particularly craving uh, looking at their looking at their selection Son, my I cast my eyes over the displays and I was like, sticky bun, that's a fancy ass cinnabon. Give me that. So we get this sticky bun and we split that in half and we have our spiced apple cider. And I became a believer. I had yes. and, and as I took a bite, I almost automatically, I don't know what compelled me to do this. It had to be the sticky bun. I got up, left my seat. Walk and found a photo album of all of Oak Leaf Cake's uh, uh, creations for like wedding ceremonies and parties. I felt like this was a unique trap for me as a female. <laughs> like he bought me a sticky bun and a delicious apple cider and then came over with like a, a, a wedding notebook and then was just like, big look. And I was just like, why? It's like, what are you saying? What, what is the implication here? Why do you want me to look at this? What Explain. do you need? Explain. Explain. Like I, I nearly short circuited in the place. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I, I became a believer. One sticky bun later and I just wanted to come back to Lo- Oak Leaf over and over again. And it's a shame we <laughs> did. But um, we wanted to. Yeah. And, and it was nice being able to walk through uh this was Massachusetts Avenue. Mass Avenue. I was told to call it Mass Avenue so I could sound so like that we um, didn't sound like noobs. Yeah. Okay. I still sound that I still sound horrible. Like, I'm still, I'm still pronouncing something wrong. Oh, God. But <laughs> something. Something, see? See? Sutfin. Oh. I didn't say Sutfin, but I did once. That happened. Oh. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh. And I'm going to just call it a little something, something. Oh. But, um, yeah, it, it was nice being able to walk down Mass Ave and come across this place. And, like, that was a winner. Like, we weren't planning it. At all. We were just strolling and found this wonderful place. Yes. And um, in the same vein, when we stumbled into the area again during our extended explorations, we went to a... We found the ramen spot in Boston because I'm obsessed with ramen. (laughs) And so um, in order to lovingly treat me well we stopped into a little spot called migaku ramen Mm. and i wasn't planning to talk about this at all so i i didn't get anything super out of the ordinary i got what they called the yakibuto ramen and that was a ramen noodle soup with um thick cut chashu pork and an onsen egg onsen means hot springs and is a technique where they poach the egg inside the shell, making the outside feel like hard-boiled while the inner yolk comes out firm but keeps the creamy texture of the uncooked yolk, which I really enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a place that, again, we stumbled upon. Um, and so I didn't know, like, what the reviews, I didn't know what to expect. Um, we were but just I looking for ramen and stumbled in. I realized when... We walked in that they were specialized in something called champon. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, and I apologize if I'm not. Um, but along with specializing and serving that, they also had a sign, or I'm not sure if it was so much a, a sign as much as maybe it was in the menu. I don't recall. 
but it was explaining what exactly champon is. It was in the menu. It was in the menu? Cool. Yep. And it was letting people who like ramen and seafood know. It's like, are you wondering why there's no seafood in ramen? Which, honestly, I've never paid attention to. I didn't even realize that that was never an option. It was like, no, but I am now. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, there is such a thing. It's just called champon. Um, champon is made by frying pork and seafood and vegetables with lard. Um, so it's, it's different. It's different from ramen, even though it kind of tried to simplify it by saying, We're, it's ramen, but with seafood. Um, but it's not exactly the, the, the same thing. Uh, one pan is needed as the noodles are boiled in the soup. Um, so it's, it's something where I felt that the texture of the noodles felt a little different. And I got to admit, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoy ramen. That, like that wasn't bit of exclusive difference. to your dish. The texture of the noodles wasn't amazing. Um, I did order uh, some pork belly to go into my champon because it wasn't part of my meal. Yours was called the Nagasaki champon. Yes, I got Nagasaki champon. And it was pork, but it was kind of like a diced pork. It almost looked like the ramen version of bacon bits, I guess. Because it was like yeah. uh, like sprinkled pork on top of, but I wanted my pork belly. That's what they did in my fufu. And I got, uh, yeah, because you had bacon on your fufu, right? No, it was pork belly. Oh, it was pork belly fufu. But they sprinkled it in. See how it all ties in? Boston, is that a Boston thing? I don't know. Yeah, the chopped up pork belly. I could get used to that. But uh, I wanted I wanted my pork belly pieces, and also I over uh, I overestimated my ability as big belly, and I got a second batch of noodles, and that was a mistake. I got too much. And he so, does that sometimes. And so I took it with me to go, whatever I didn't finish, and I couldn't even finish it again later. It was just like soaking and and uh, uh, with the broth over like a couple of days and uh, 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 the texture once again was different and and so I couldn't even really finish it. I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't appetized. It, w- it wasn't bad. It was alright, but man, I missed the ramen I had in New York. I enjoyed my that. ramen, to be honest. The noodles weren't my favorite type of noodles, but I've had them before and they're not the worst. Um, I found the broth thick and flavorful. I thought that the way that they did the eggs was like expertly done. The eggs were not cold. Um, The yolk of the egg blended perfectly with the remainder of the ramen. It added to the unami. Um, I thought that the chashu pieces that they chose were a little on the fatty side. And since I'm not the friend of fatty meats, that bothered me a little bit. But other than that, I, I quite enjoyed I think it's a cool little spot if you're in that area. Oh, yeah, you should stop in. Uh, to to any of the Boston heads living in the area. I don't know if I want to, like, travel super far. It's like to go there. Like, it's, it wasn't like a destination place for me. Yeah, but if you're stumbling, stumble on in. Yeah. Um, I know that I know that uh, for my legal uh, uh, weed heads, there's a dispensary by there. So might as well go ahead and grab you some ramen. Might as well. Yeah, go ahead and enjoy yourself. There's also there's also uh, a place where I got my eyebrows done and it cost me ten dollars and it should. Do not get your eyebrows done in Boston. They will rip you <laughs> off. Come to New York if you want to get your brows done. You can get your brows done here for three dollars in Queens. Come come. Don't bother with them prices. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have brought that up here, but I was feeling a sort of way. And how much did you pay for your eyebrows, boo? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. I was hoodwinked. I was bamboozled. Bam, um, there, was, there was no boozled. menu. There was no menu, like like ordering menu. And I'm like, of course, it's like for me, I'm expecting like five dollars for wax, uh, seven or eight dollars for thread, ten dollars. And I got my eyebrows waxed, and I came out, and I was like, how much? They're like ten dollars, and I'm like, ten dollars. Oh, does that include tip? Uh, that wasn't with the tip. You better put the hairs back on my face. <laughs> All right. No more hairs. No more hairs. But um, back to the <laughs> course of our convo. And speaking of stumbling in, in that same area, we were doing a lot of exploring around there that day. We also stumbled into uh, 
I believe it was called Serenade Chocolatier. Yes. And that was like a wonderful little side. There was like a chocolate shop I'd wanted to go to in Boston. Again, how our plans just perpetually fall through. I had wanted to go. I think it, the place was called like Jack's Chocolate Shop. Mm. And we didn't get a chance to do that. I actually stopped feeling well midway through our trip, unfortunately. And so since it was in the area and it was a chocolate shop, um, Big Belly here was feeling sweet. And he was like, babe, do you want to pop in? Like, you don't have to want anything. You can just see what you like and what you don't like. And I was ready to go back to the hotel. So I was just like, let me get some salted caramel bonbons. And I was originally going to go with like three of them, but they have a card minimum and I didn't have a whole lot of cash. So I got nine or 10, enough to 11, actually enough to meet the card minimum. And we called our Uber and left. But it was wonderful that we stopped in. Because, and I believe I shared at least one of them with you. See, I loved the salted caramel bonbons. I thought they were very delicious. I thought they were well-made. They weren't, like, melt-in-your-mouth like Max Brenner bonbons, but they were, like, hearty. Like, they had some chew to them. Like, they were packed with caramel. You had mentioned, yeah, the caramel. Like, it almost felt like the caramel was the star. Oh, yeah. it it was very... You got your money's worth if you were a caramel fan. It was a caramel square covered in a thin crust of chocolate Mm -hmm. that was that had like caster sugar style salt on the top and like the salt was like and at first like I looked at it because it was obvious that somebody had just like sprinkled the salt on at the end and I was like there's no way proportionally speaking this is enough salt to have the same effect every time some of them are going to be over salty or not salty enough I was wrong it was perfect yeah uh personally the, the, the first thing I noticed wasn't even anything that they were selling. It was the smell. Um, oh, yeah. It smelled really good in there. One of the things that I like about Boston in general, uh, I don't feel it happens. It happens in New York, but uh, I feel it doesn't happen as often, is that you can smell the neighborhood almost. And I don't mean because of trash. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of... Character. Like, like I'll be walking through Chinatown, and I'll smell the Chinese bakery and their cakes. I'll be walking down the college area and, and smell just burgers. Just There's burger not such a huge mishmash of smells that it just smells like city. Yeah. It smells distinctly of something when you get into an area. Especially an area of food. Yes, and when we got to the area, it smelled like chocolate. Yeah, and, and, and that's... Even though this isn't like a brand name, I don't know the name, I don't know the chocolates here... There's, you get this air of authenticity when you're able to smell, like you know they're making the chocolate here. Like they are working hard at making the chocolates here. And if you weren't sure, when you walk in, there were three ladies mixing chocolate in huge chocolate vats. Word. Lucille Ball was right there just trying to make the damn chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um,. I have to say, I very much enjoyed our stay at Boston. One of the things that made it more affordable and that helped out was the daily continental breakfast at the hotel. And so I figured that even though it's basic and it was free, it might behoove us to highlight the breakfast that helped save us money and got us through. So let's take a second to talk about the continental breakfast before we wrap up our trip to Boston. Yeah, it only makes sense because it is the place where I spent the most time at. Just waking up early and making sure I get my free breakfast. Jetting to the free breakfast <laughs> in the last three minutes the breakfast is up. Like, this dude would hop out of bed. It would be, the continental breakfast is from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. He would hop up at 9.55 talking about, baby, you want me to get some, you want me to get some waffles, some, some breakfast? Not an exaggeration. And I'm just like, the breakfast is over. And he's just like, no, it's 9.55. We still have time. And he would like jet downstairs and like come back up with so much breakfast. Like he was right. He, he still had time. Like I was shocked by it. I would just be laying there in bed expecting to starve. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, that was my whole stilo. I would just lie there like, oh, it's going to fail. But I don't think that bothered you too much because you're not a big fan of Continental Breakfast and you're very particular about the foods they offer. I get them so that they can save us money in a pinch. Yeah. But I've been, as an adult, like, I've been so disappointed by Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast that I remember from being a kid are way different than the Continental Breakfast that they offer in adulthood. I remember... There being an assortment of different bagels. I remember there's usually an assortment of muffins. There's some sort of omelet station in the same way there's a waffle station so that you can make your own omelets with a with an assortment of condiments. I remember there being scrambled eggs and bacon and three types of sausage. Well, you're going to have to tell me about the hotel you went to that offered. The <laughs> Marriott. Oh, okay. It was the Marriott. I don't know if the Marriott has, like, decreased in value or what. I haven't stayed at a Marriott since I was a very little girl. It was over a decade ago. But the Continental Breakfast at the Marriott as a little child had me thinking that Continental Breakfasts were the way. And as an adult, it's no not true. Continental Breakfasts are basic, 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 basic things. Yeah. But I, I don't put a lot of uh, thought into breakfast in general. I don't know. Maybe it's New York. Maybe it's because, like, when you go to work and they serve you, like, oh, we're going to bring in uh, uh, breakfast for you It's at work. always fucking like bagels, bagels and donuts. <laughs> oh, we're going to bring in breakfast. <laughs> donuts, coffee, bagel. You I'm know, just like, and, and, and so I don't normally think too highly of uh, breakfast in general, and my continental breakfast experience has not been that great. But I do want to highlight some things um, that I thought were a little different. Uh First of all, they, when I went, and I didn't realize this at first because a lot of times I would go in the last minute. I didn't always have a lot of time to really just be at the continental breakfast. But I noticed that not only do they change their food every day, but sometimes they change the food throughout their continental breakfast. So let's say they had uh, sausages and they were out of sausages. They might replace it with a different food. And I thought that was cool because it gave me a feeling that somebody's actually working hard and uh, uh, making food. Thinking about the food. Yeah, as opposed to we've got all this stuff lined up on a conveyor belt. Just roll them out, roll them out, roll them out. Yeah, I have to say the Continental Breakfast had some definite upsides Um, to it. I liked liked the uh, omelets. They, you know, a lot of the cheese omelet specifically was the winner. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't a fan of their Western omelet. No, it was bad. Don't get the Western omelet. Chima, cheese, cheese omelet was was, was good. Uh, I like this. Was game. a Hilton hotel, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Hilton. Um, I I I, I like their oatmeal. I like that they had oatmeal. They had the waffle maker that you enjoyed. You had, yes, the waffles were a highlight. Those waffles were good. Um. Uh, I like that they had smoothies and juices and 24-hour coffee, which technically, I guess, isn't breakfast. But you know what? I like that my coffee choice wasn't removed from me, and I didn't have to use the coffee material that was in my room. Like, I just like being able to go to the machine and, ha-ha, coffee. Yeah, there's something to that. Um, Shout out to the pork sausage. Thumbs down to the turkey sausage. Thumbs down to the turkey <laughs> sausage. Thumbs down to the turkey. It was so bad. Yeah. It tasted like something you would feed a Barbie. Thumbs down to the French toast sticks. That's not, it felt like. I didn't even try them. Like, and, and it's funny because we, we talked about this briefly before we started recording. I was eyeballing the French toast, and he actually came up to me and was just like, nope, the French toast is nasty. And I was just like, what? And he was just like, yeah, no, don't do it. And I was just like, all right. And so I didn't I didn't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> the French toast made me sad. Um, and I It looked about. sad. I forgot all about it. Yeah. And the, the smoothies were a definite highlight. Yeah. I was sad because I'm lactose intolerant, and they were made using yogurt, but... Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. I liked it. That was another point of sadness for me. They didn't have any non-dairy options for real. It wasn't a factor. Um, and surprising, because I'd never seen it offered before, the bagel toppers, which was just like half a bagel, which had uh, egg, cheese, and I think like bacon on top. Not a, it, it was like almost like 
not quite a bacon, egg, and cheese, but it was it was something in the same vein. Of- yeah, like like I'd heard of like some other places having like muffin tops, but never bagel tops. So that was something new and Bostony. Yeah, like I thought that was cool. So that was the continental breakfast, mostly a basic basic thing that might have been a disappointment. But um, it had some definite highlights. Like, you could skate by and feed yourself. Like, and I think that that's the biggest thing in its favor, that there was a little something for everyone. Because they had cereal, and they had coffee, and they had hard-boiled eggs, and they had fruit, and they yeah. had waffles. Like, they had a large and this variety. Place is, this places that don't have that variety. Yeah, like that hotel we went to, I think it... It wasn't the Q4. It might have been the Z Hotel. The Z Hotel. That was definitely it. I loved the Z Hotel. It smelled wonderful in there. It was super modern. It was beautiful. Um, a wonderful getaway. But one, there was no microwave in the room. Two, God, the continental breakfast. Yeah. And I almost forgot the name of the Z Hotel, but they actually, we, we actually have like a little bag here that we do use for transporting. From the Z Hotel. <laughs> yeah, this one right here where, we, where, where you actually wrapped some of the podcast equipment in. Uh-huh. So, so thumbs up to the Z Hotel, but thumbs down to your breakfast. Oh, the breakfast. And so that was, that was our continental breakfast during our stay. And right before we came home, we had some time to kill between checkout and when our train left. And so while we were killing that uh, time, we decided in true Belly of the Beast fashion to stop into a lovely Irish pub called Solas. And this was another experience where we're talking about hotels and their compartments inside of them. Yes, because it was part of the Lennox. It was an attached restaurant. I have to say that it looked really, really impressive. Like you're going to see the pictures of the food on our Instagram, but by Jove, that was a disappointing stop. Yeah. Let's take it from the top. Um, Wow. Well, walking in there itself, I realized that it's a little difficult because we were getting ready to go. This wasn't far from the bus station in the back bay. So we had like suitcases and bags. I'm sorry, the back end station. I don't know if it's back bay, back end. uh, The back part. But (laughs) The butt of Boston. Oh lord. But but where we were. That's where we were and so we wanted to find someplace close where we can eat well and Irish pub. And quickly. Irish pub in my mind seemed to be the right move and I think I was mistaken. Maybe some of the fault was my own. Um, I ordered two things because I felt like you couldn't really go wrong. Uh, I got a French onion soup. The, the they called it the Guinness onion soup, but it was a basic French onion soup. Yeah, like they fancied up the name. Like, like they might have put some Guinness in it, but not enough for me. Oh, uh, come. I tasted no Guinness. <laughs> I, but, but they might have put some Guinness in. But nothing in there to make me feel like this was truly different. I also got a lobster mac and cheese. That was... The highlight. That was the highlight, really. That lobster mac and cheese was everything. The Guinness onion soup was also not bad. The problem for me with his soup was that... I I don't know. I have this new thing when I'm hungry that I get, like, nauseated instead of feeling hungry. And when his soup arrived, the smell was, like, strong. And it was hitting me in all the wrong ways across the table from you. I was like, holy crap, I hope he eats that soup soon because it is, like, dank. Like, I hated the way it smelled from my end. But I did taste the broth. It was well-made. It was a good soup. There was nothing wrong with that soup. Yeah. I don't know why the smell hit me like that. It's probably because I was hungry. But it's just like, ugh. The smell of it just, it hit me all wrong. I was so hurt by it. French onion soup. I, I've had one French onion soup that I've been in love with. And ever since I feel like I've been chasing that dream, I don't think every, anything's ever like hit me the same as my first French onion soup. Um, because I'm not a big fan of soggy bread. Um, yes, I don't know how they do it when it's good, but it's so good when it's good. You know, They've got to cover it in cheese. The French onion soup, I believe, nor uses French bread, like have a French loaf. Um, the bread that was used in this, I'm quite sure was just croutons, but, uh, and I'm not, (laughs) and, um, so that was, that wasn't going to win with me regardless. But once I got past the croutons, once I got past that bready area, it was a good soup. I enjoyed myself. Cheese was nice. The The onions are always a treat. Onions. Yes. Um, 
So hearty. And, and it was what I needed because I needed something light anyway. There was no way I was going to be able to eat um, the mac and cheese. I, I was really ready to call it after the soup. Yeah. I really got the... And he gave me the mac and cheese, and then he wanted it back, and we ended up fighting about it later. <laughs> well, God. well, like, I... Give me giver. Hey, 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 hey now. That might be true. But, but I, I, I didn't think you were going to eat it all. I thought we'd be able to split it. And, oh, you thought. But, but I also had a feeling, because here's the thing. One, I'm not very trusting of bar food in general. So you, in my mind, you have to order favorites. Uh, chicken wings, mac and cheese, burgers. Uh, uh, bar fare is its own genre of food, and it's important to kind of stick within that. Number two is keep in mind the culture of the place you're eating and don't eat outside of that particular place. We forgot that. And so you don't really want to go and get Mexican food from an Irish pub. It's the same reason <laughs> I will never order curry chicken from a Chinese food store. And no, this place baby. actually offered curry chicken. And I like, no, baby, like I'm not saying that you cannot be an Irish man and not make curry chicken. I will eat your curry chicken if you make a good curry chicken. No, but I want my Irish friend to make me some curry chicken, not a restaurant. Yeah. I, I don't I, trust you. I'm not going to the Irish restaurant for curry chicken. I'm not. You don't have my trust. Um, no. And and uh, I understand that quesadilla has kind of... Mexico, it was Mex wrong of me to seek Mexican food in an Irish Me spot. I, I was I victimized myself. Mexican food in general, I think, has become so popularized in American culture that we often find it in diners and and pubs, and you can find a quesadilla anywhere. It doesn't have to be a Mexican establishment, but a lot of times I'll find that the quesadillas, if not served at a place specifically about Mexican food, chicken's gonna be dry. Baby, like just because be you just because yeah. you can do something does not mean you should. That chicken was dry. Yeah, like that chicken was Popeye's biscuit dry. <laughs> like the, and you know the quesadilla, there's stuff that goes on it, like salsa and sour cream and guacamole. Yeah, I didn't see any of that offered to you. There were they were offered to me. They were definitely there, but all of those wet ingredients did not help the dry chicken. The chicken was so dry that it powered through the guac and was just like dry. And I was like, holy lord. But regardless, I think the biggest offender of this restaurant was not. The, the quesadilla. Crazy. No, no, Tell it was us not. about dessert. We ordered for dessert because we had some more time to go. Be, like, we were finished our food and we still had like an hour before like our train came in. And I didn't want to wait in the station because like I'm from New York. The stations are dirty and always full of water and disgusting. And I ew. And so I was like, let's get dessert. And so we ordered the bread pudding and gosh darn it, we truly forgot to stop ordering off brand food. In these restaurants, because like bread pudding is like a staple of blackness. And I should have known not to order a bread pudding in an Irish spot, but I wasn't thinking about it. That bread pudding arrived and it looked so good. It was perfectly sized. Like it had the ice cream just melting on top. Like I t it had ribbons of caramel. Like I took a beautiful video. But then I tried to scoop up some of the bread pudding. And first of all, my spoon could hardly break through the bread pudding because it was hard. Bread pudding is not supposed to be hard. Bread pudding is soft and absorbent. And so it was hard and like moisture repellent. And so I was just like, dang. And then I bit into it and I was like, double dang. It's dry. Like dry. You know, like weird. dry. You know, it's really weird. I learned because you made a bread pudding. Um, Fairly recently, not like real recently, like, like last year, the year before, uh, some sometime Probably last year, year a few months ago. Um, you made your first, I believe it was your first bread pudding, and I'm not someone it who wasn't. Okay, my apologies. Um, but I, I'm someone who, as much as I like food, I'm not someone who's culinarily gifted. I'm not someone who's done a lot of cooking. I've done some, but I, I'm not. Fully aware of all the things necessary to make the delights that we all indulge in. So you had told me something about 
the bread, you know, gotta let it be stale for a day or leave it out, you let do. it be stale. You gotta let it be stale. And I understand that's part of the process of making the bread pudding. However, we ate this bread pudding and it tasted stale. Like it's baby, <laughs> and right, that. it was as if the pudding were stale, and not that they used stale bread. I love the chew. That was wonderfully softballed in because Jesus, it did taste like that bread pudding had just been left out mm-hmm. for days it was in bad. the dry desert heat. I was so mad. I was robbed upset. of its we moisture by the Boston winds. Like I was I looking rough, forward to it. It was disappointing. Bread pudding something not not something I have all the time. Bread pudding something that I don't even think about all the time. But then so every now good. and then I see it on the menu and I'm Get like hankering for a hunk of. It's kind of like that friend. Slab a slice of chunka. That friend I didn't know I missed and then I see them and I'm like, yo, it's been mad. How long. have you been, bread pudding? Yo, come here, big head. And so I was really looking forward to seeing my friend bread pudding. No, this we didn't see. No, that was an friend. imposter. Yeah. That was like a Count Olaf style (laughs) dress up game of bread pudding. And even the drinks were disappointing. Like, I was disappointed with the whole meal from start to finish. I didn't like my quesadilla. I didn't like the dessert. I didn't like what I ordered to drink. It was all just uniformly bad. Like, whoa. So wouldn't recommend Solas. Sorry, Solas, but you you won't be seeing us again. No. When we return to Boston, because I had a wonderful time in Boston, I would love to return. We will not be going there no. because no, baby. No. What is you doing? No. And uh, I think that pretty much wraps up yep. everywhere we ate and drank. And that was our <laughs> belly of Boston journey. Um, Until next time, I think that it's safe to say... That you have survived. The belly of the beast. Hope I you hope enjoyed it. You enjoy exactly. If you have any other food cities that have brilliant, brilliant food inside it, and you want Belly of the Beast to come and swing by your city and review your favorite restaurants, let us know. Um, you can always leave us a voice note by doing that through Anchor. Um we would love to hear from you. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Belly of Bob. You can catch us on Facebook at, at Bob's Beasts. You can please like, subscribe, share, and follow all of our content. Yeah, you can hit me up personally on Twitter or Instagram at Lewis or Brandon uh, because I always say Brandon Lou, Brandon Lou in the intro, and then sometimes it'll be ending by saying I'm Lewis. So <laughs> you can hit me up at Lewis or Brandon uh, on Instagram or face or, or uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.